0: Yo, what's up everybody, welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 177, and today we are here with Tristan Church of Stage Motorsports. Tristan, what's up, bro?
1: How's it going, bro? Excited to be with you.
0: <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Dude, it's uh, it's it's crazy how things just end up working out, you know? We uh, Yeah, for sure. We just talked a few days ago about the podcast, Yeah. and then something came up, and I'm just like, man, it would be good to have Tristan on, dude. Um you're a hustler, bro, and I've been watching you ever since you've, uh, since you've started out. And I'm um, yeah. excited to have you on. So before we get any further, can you just give people a quick breakdown of who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, man. Um, so I'm Tristan. Uh, I live right now in, uh, in North Carolina, and uh, I own Stage Motorsports, uh, which is we kind of do uh, aftermarket performance parts mainly, um, and uh, we supply those and install those. Um, and then I'm a co-owner of a new company called Pit Bike Nation, which my son started wow. uh, with his dirt bikes and stuff. So we're we're doing that too. So we're trying to trying to get that off the ground, and having a good time. But wow. mainly mainly performance part stuff. Yeah.
0: Dope, man. So how long ago did you yeah. start uh, stage?
1: So I started stage in uh, August of 2014 um, with a really good buddy of mine, and it basically just started that. Uh, you know, I've been I've been into cars for a long time. Um, and I've been a customer for, for a very long time. Um, and I just was starting to get really fed up with customer service and people just sort of like companies taking your, your hard earned money. Um, and there being no follow through shipping delays, no kind of anything like that. And, uh, and I kind of thought that I could do a better job of, of, you know, fulfilling that kind of need. Um, so I say, you know, let me see what I could do and and get that started. Um, so we, uh, we started that company and, I would think within six months I bought my partner out because I was just working too hard and he really wasn't. Yeah. So you know it's one of those things where uh, you know I try to hustle on the daily and uh, you know I didn't really want to be held down. So 2014 we started, but it's you know.
0: Got you.
1: Been a crazy ride.
0: 2014. Okay, cool. And then when did you start with Envious?
1: So I joined Envious in about the middle of 2012. Okay. So. Pretty much since the beginning, we uh, Envious started in uh, 2011. Yeah. So uh, right when I moved to North Carolina, I joined Envious um, within I don't know three months or so. Um, I became a regional lead, which was crazy in itself because uh, we had a bunch of members drop um, from the team to start their own thing. So when I first started that, um, we had I think about 12 members on the East Coast. In three different states, so we were small, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I became the regional, and uh, we've been, you know, just growing and and growing and growing, and uh, and now we have a chapter in just about every state up and down the East Coast. We're moving, you know, inland from the East Coast, um, so just about every state in the country we have a chapter now. And then, uh, you know, now I'm uh, one of the two directors of
0: operations, and that's that's probably uh, right under Jimmy, right? The two directors of operations.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we have uh, we have Jimmy uh, and then Ludger who's the vice president. Mm-hmm. And then it's uh, me and Ryan Kelly. So we're, you know, right under the, the vice president. We we handle more like the day to day operation. Yeah. Um, you know, dealing with the regionals and the chapter leads and, you know, any issues that might arise from that. Um, and then, uh, you know, we kind of like to keep Ludger and Jimmy working with sponsors and working on the main stuff, you know, with the team. But we kind of handle more so the team and Got bring it. up any. Anything- them that might be really important. But.
0: Crazy man. So when you started with them, there was only how many members?
1: So when I started with the team, I think we had about maybe thirty members. Yeah. Um. Within within I think three chapters. Yeah. Um. And within those two to three months, um, just about all of them dropped the team to start a new team. Um. And uh. And there were twelve of us left. <laughs> So, oh, wow. so we went, we went um, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida yeah. at the time, and and there were twelve members in total on Whoa. those three states. Yeah, and you know what it's like now because you've been to the East Coast, you know, yeah. like you've been Honda days and stuff, and you know, so just to think, I think the last Honda day that I went to was the uh, North Carolina one at ZMax. Yes, and uh, we brought. 80 cars wow. that were registered, 80 Envious cars, but over 120 members were there. Um, you know, either with those cars or just showing up to support and stuff. So, yeah, you know, I mean, we uh, we definitely like to show out.
0: That's cool, man. Um, to be there from the beginning and just to be part of that yeah. like core group. So, what was it yeah. like back then versus now?
1: Um, it was way different. Um, you know, things things evolve as as they um, get bigger. You know, um, and we've always had our kind of leadership structure, mm-hmm. um, you know, of like a, a PM who's a prospect member, uh, then a member, then a chapter lead, then a state lead, then a regional, you know, and so on. Um, but at that point, we didn't really have enough members to have so much leadership. Mm-hmm. So at the time, it was just member, chapter lead, regional. Um, and that was sort of it in the early stages Um, you know, we had the vice president and all that we had, um, I forget what we even called it, but directors of operation wasn't even a thing then. Mm -hmm. Um, it it was, uh, something else. I forget the title, but, uh, you know, so it was, um, it was way different. You know, we didn't have the apparel stuff going, so it was kind of a free for all. in, in terms of that, Jimmy wasn't making apparel. So it was every chapter would kind of try to design something, anything we could put on with the logo that we could rep it shows, you know, we were like, yeah, we got a shirt, whatever. Um but it wasn't you know the structure really wasn't how it is now Gotcha Um and uh but the one thing that we've always had is that family type vibe or atmosphere Yeah where it's always been um you know really family oriented which is a lot of things that you won't find in other kind of car clubs Um so like for example we uh we got invited to be in a Furious 7 in California That's Fast right. and Furious <laughs> Yeah, so I did not know anybody on the West Coast at that time. Never been to California or anything. And uh, Ryan hit me up. He's like, hey, bro, you want to bring your car out? Like a bunch of us are going. We're bringing like 15 cars or something. I'm like, yeah, dude, that'd be rad. Like I've never been out there. Let's do it. So I found a trailer, got my car in a trailer, drove across country, having known nobody, bro. Like I mean, nobody, never been out there. And uh, it took us three days. I went with a buddy. Yeah. It took us three days to get out there and uh, I pull up to Jimmy's house, and I think it was like July 4th, Uh so there were fireworks going. Bro, he had a barbecue, like, I'm talking probably 60, 70 people on his front lawn, like, showing out in Visalia. So I pull up, and I'm like, oh, damn, like, I don't know anybody, everybody. And Jimmy comes out, and he's like, hey, bro, I'm so happy to have you here, like, much love, this and that. He's like, park right down there, down the street, come up, and, uh, you know, I introduce you to everybody. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. And on the way, I told him, I'm like, man, where's a good hotel to stay at? He's like, nah, bro, staying at my house. Like, none of that, you know? I'm like, dude, you sure? He's like, yeah, cool. All right. So so I pull up, get out of the car. Bro, he turns off the music, he shuts down the party, and he brings everybody. He's like, yo, I just want to introduce Tristan. He's one of our regionals. This is so-and-so. And And he introduced me to almost everybody at the party. And I'm like, damn, dude, this is cool. You know what I mean? Like, everybody and I'm like, hey, brother, I'm from this chapter. Hey, brother, I'm from this chapter. And I'm like, damn, like, this is crazy, you know, and uh, it was a, a life experience that that I will never forget. And I became so close with, you know, people that I've never met before. Um, but just sharing that same passion and yeah. sharing the same kind of family. It's like I've known those people my whole life, you know, so it's I mean, we we definitely share really cool cool experience and a a lifetime kind of bond you know
0: i love it dude so after that experience like like did that change your motivation that you had towards envious like take it to another level um
1: yeah sort of um so before that you know when everybody was kind of dropping yeah um i I had it in my mind i'm like man should i stay or should i not like because the people that the people that recruited me had all left so it was really me and a couple guys in different states, and I'm like, man, should I keep doing this? Should I not? Like, this really, but I really believed in that family atmosphere and and that kind of group. Mm-hmm. So once I went out to California, man, and and we did all that. I mean, that really, really sealed the deal at that point, you know. And I, and we had been making moves on the East Coast um, and growing. So I mean, I knew that we were growing, and I knew that. You know it was big in California and what was going on there, yeah. I, at that time, I could have never foreseen where we are now, um, like it's just unheard of, like you couldn't imagine it at the time. Um,
0: so let's, so, yeah. let's see, uh, the other chapters that you guys have. Throw some names out there besides in the states.
1: In the states, so we have um, Japan, uh-huh. we have Australia, we have a bunch in South America, Central America. Um, we're working on Ireland right now. Um, we have Turkey. We have Belgium. We have uh, the UK. We have – I'm trying to think of what else. We have a ton, though. That's crazy. Like, the Middle East, actually, surprisingly. The Middle East is, like, really growing. And those dudes in Turkey, man, are crazy, crazy, crazy awesome. And uh, they represent to the fullest, and they have a ton of really crazy builds. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, man, pretty much, uh, you know, our mission is to kind of – have a chapter just about everywhere we can and um and you know especially at a time like the world we're living in right now yeah it's it's really interesting to see because you know we're all different ethnicities we're all different cultures we have arabs we have blacks we have whites we have asians we have everybody you could think of
0: yeah
1: and uh and it's all just love man it's all just family you know so it's it's really cool. It's
0: really cool. Yeah, it's definitely cool to be around you guys, especially when you're all together, uh, like at a meet or something like that. There's a it's it's quite a bond, you know. Um, yeah. I remember there was that one. It was I think it was North Carolina H day. <laughs> that was <laughs> okay, okay. when you had your RSX.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that uh, that was a fun experience. Um, we uh, we came to pick you up at the hotel. Yeah. And, uh, and we were rolling around trying to find some street races. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and when we did that, my, uh, my fuel pump blew up on the highway. Yeah. And so we couldn't figure out what was wrong with the car. And we were all pulled up. I think there was like 30 of us on the highway. We were all just pulled up on the shoulder. And, uh, I had a member come take me back to the hotel so we could get some, my, my trailer and some gas cans. And, uh, we ended up, putting a car in the trailer and just kind of driving around all night. And, uh, I mean, we had a blast, man. It was it was a really bad situation. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if I could get the car into the show because I couldn't drive it in.
0: Yeah,
1: um, It wouldn't let me trailer it in. But uh, we ended up staying up all night, kind of hanging out. It was a great time. And the next morning, a member uh, towed me in with his S2000. Mm-hmm. And another member um, was elbow deep in my gas tank while i was i was polishing up the car getting everything ready and cleaning it up and uh he had his elbows in gas fixing my fuel pump we found one there and uh, he replaced it and it was good and we ended up taking best in show so you know all the hard work i think we got maybe 45 minutes of sleep the entire weekend yeah um but it was worth it man and we had a blast for sure
0: yeah that was a good time man yeah it was uh, fun it's always a good time just hanging out with you guys and you know just just having those experiences after the show cuz you know what everybody yeah. always sees is just what happens at the show you know the booths yeah. are up the cars are out but what i what i really enjoy is everything that's after it you know you get to bond with people talk to them see talk about their cars you know and, and actually see who they are as a as a real person you know
1: yeah that's that's my favorite part too um you know cuz like you said i mean it's, it's a lot of business at the shows. You know, you don't really, especially if you're vending, um, you try to give every person that comes up as much undivided attention as you can. Um, you know, at least for me, like I'm so grateful to all of our customers and supporters because um, without them, we couldn't do what we do. Right. We yeah. couldn't build these cars. We couldn't travel the country. We couldn't, you know, I mean, this is my main job. This is what I do. So without that, you know, I'd be working like a nine to five and working for somebody else. And, um, you know, I get to work from home a lot of days. Um, so I I kind of, you know, I, I get to raise my three kids, which is awesome. Um, so, you know, it shows I really try to interact with everybody possible. Um, but there's so many people that are wanting attention from this way and that way. And, you know, they want to buy this, they want to buy that. They want to look at the car you know, so, I mean, it's, it's definitely awesome, but after the show getting to take that time to really kind of interact with people um learn about people where they come from you know what they're doing out here and you know just getting to kind of feel people out is is what I enjoy the most for sure
0: yeah definitely and uh I'm I'm ready for it now dude it's been uh it's been way too long since we've been doing a show
1: well for for me the last show that I went to was that Honda day um, all those years ago no because, way. Uh, because of the situation with our, with our car. So it's, you know, it's been kind of, we're due, man. I'm ready to get back out there and everything. And, you know, it's, it's been a little tough, um, you know, cause our main advertising is, is that car and, you know, our shop RSX, our wide body uh, turbo RSX and, uh, and getting to really grab attention with that and go to different meets and events and, you know, and stuff like that. So, I, I mean, we've just been focusing here on, you know, trying to sell parts and, and doing the installs and stuff. And, you know, that's been, obviously my main source of income for a while, but you know, I'm, I'm ready to get back in there, show the car and, and have some fun, you know?
0: Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about the RSX a little bit. What, um, have you won a lot of shows with it? Yeah. Well, so,
1: um, I got the car in high school. It was my first car ever. Um, when I was like 17 and I built a lot of cars since then. Um, but I've never been able to get rid of that car and I've, it's been through, I don't know how many setups. Um, But the most recent setup was the wide body. Uh, We did custom paint job, uh, turbo, you know, built motor, everything. Um, And every show that we've entered it in, we've just about won, except for a second place at a tuner evolution. Gotcha. Because at the time it was an accurate two-door class. So there were three NSXs, my RSX, and a couple other things. So we took second, which was surprising. I didn't think I'd place, because going up against NSXs, you know. Yeah. but, yeah, so just about every car we've we've taken uh, best-in-class or, or, like, best-in-show.
0: Very cool, dude. So what are some of the, the things that you have done to it?
1: Um, so the motor is completely built. Uh, bottom end it's a stock top end, but the, uh, the bottom end's done. Um, a lot of custom stuff. It's got a full-race uh, intercooler on it, but uh, we kind of chopped it and made it like a backdoor intercooler. Got gotcha. you. Um, and then uh, it's got a tucked rad from All In Fab. Um, Wireworks harness, uh, it's got Jay's racing uh, fenders, charge speed, wide quarters in the rear, Spargo seats. I mean, everything's pretty much been touched. The only real stock thing is like the dash and the carpet. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much everything else, you know, is, is for the most part been been modified or touched. So it's, you know, it's heavily modified for sure.
0: Got you. So um, it's been down for a while?
1: Yeah. So we, uh, for that, situation uh, we had the wide body uh, and paint done at a local shop here um, and i kind of laid out to them exactly how the wide body needed to be done uh, basically you need to cut out a couple inches of the quarter panel on the outside in a big you know follow the wheel well uh, and then you notch the inner part of the corner you fold it up you weld it to the outside of the body you, you know you bond it so that way it's still structurally um strong um, they never cut the quarter panels, so they welded a, a two inch steel plate to the outside of the quarter panel and then bonded it that way. So it was basically a um, wide body but with a stock wheel fitment.
0: Oh, wow. Um,
1: so, there, yeah, really big gap. Um, and then after, um, I don't know, maybe six months, uh, the bodywork started failing because they didn't prep the quarter panels correctly because the quarter panels are, are they're fiberglass. Um, so you know, I, I hit them up. I said, "Here's the issue you know what I'm having." They said, "Okay, no problem. We'll warranty it. Um, if you buy the quarter panels, we'll paint the car." So all right. This could be a lot worse, you know. Whatever. So I get the quarter panels in there. They say they're ready for the car. I drop it off, and uh, one thing led to another. I picked up the car last week after they had it for two and a half years. Oh my! And, God. Uh, and uh, they basically they hit me up on a Wednesday. And they said, uh, your car's ready. We need it out of here by Friday. So after two and a half years, they must have needed the floor space pretty quick. Yeah. So I went and picked it up, and it was completely in pieces, um, nothing put back together, door handles out, glass out, um, weather stripping had just been torn out. So I've had to go and rebuy a bunch of stuff from Honda, which is fine, whatever. Um, so I've, I've basically got the car put back together. Um, minus the rear bumper and, uh, and the headlights. Um, but we're going to be doing a new retrofit headlight kit. Um, and then, uh, i got to wire some things into the bumper, but we should be good to go here soon in the next couple of days.
0: Shit. So how they do on the quarter panels?
1: Uh, well, since they were taking so long, uh, I actually went into their shop and I cut the quarter panels and I, uh, I did all the body work oh. on the quarter panels. So they're done right this time. And, God, you know, we we should be good to go.
0: What a headache, bro
1: yeah it's been a nightmare for sure God. so a lot of people you know obviously from last shows and stuff like that they they hit me up all the time like hey bro you still have the rsx like are you coming to meets and is and that I'm like yeah i mean you know we got a little headache going on but we'll get there and so i'm excited to to see all the people that we haven't seen in a while and come back and show out for the rsx
0: you know yeah definitely you have anything on schedule
1: um we did but i'm kind of Trying to figure out what's going on with all the shows because you know COVID going on and um, you know a lot of shows are canceled and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I think I think they're still doing uh Slammed Enough in North Carolina coming up and uh, and Tuner Evo I think so I'm gonna try to do that mm. um, and uh, we're a big fan of H Day mm-hmm. but they're uh, they're not doing the North Carolina show anymore so we're gonna have to go I guess you know to Maryland or whatever where they. I do it now so
0: yeah i think the next one we'll be- is in uh in september in uh maryland but it's not at mir it's at cecil county raceway or something like that
1: oh gosh gotcha. yeah i don't even know
0: yeah so we're we'll be out there for that one that's gonna be our first show of the year yeah it's crazy man this yeah. year's just been flying by so how's uh how's uh covid been affecting you guys out there
1: well, my, uh, my wife's a nurse at the hospital, oh, um, and she works night shift. So it's uh, it's been a little, a little nerve-wracking for sure. Um, but here in North Carolina, we, uh, we've been pretty lucky. We don't, at least in our county, haven't had a ton of cases. Um, so, you know, like I grew up in Manhattan in New York City, and uh, my mom is still there. And it's like crazy, dude. So honestly, I, I worry more about her up there than, you know, me, the wife, and the kids down here. So we've been all right. It's just been weird adjusting to like homeschooling the kids, basically, yeah. and uh, you know just keeping them entertained because they don't have their friends to hang out with, and they're kind of just going a little stir crazy, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely, dude. They're on yeah. summer break forever, man. And once it comes back That's... to going to school, it's going to be hard for them. I know. Well, my uh, my
1: son just graduated fifth grade, so for him, he's been out of school for pretty much half the year. He'll be off for the summer. And then it's all to a new school and everything, you know, so it's yeah. going to be, a, it's gonna be a, a crazy change.
0: It is, man. Are they talking about changing the days of school, um, having them go one day, not the next day or something like that?
1: Um, Not really. They haven't really addressed if they're still opening up um, in late August as they normally do. Um, and uh, they've kind of come out with sort of weird guidelines about riding the bus and students like one kid per seat per row in the yeah. bus you have to skip a row in between and it's like i don't see how that's possible you know because they already have a shortage of buses so i don't know how they're gonna basically take a bus and take a third of the kids you know yeah
0: it's unfortunate we'll man. Um, but like you said i'm just waiting for the dust to settle and see what happens with everything before i make any moves you know yeah how about you guys over there uh, everything is cool over here, you know, um, I mean, cool as we've pretty much got used to it already, you know, the right. restaurants, they're kind of opening up the only restaurant that we've been to, uh, it was pretty cool. It wasn't that weird, you know, the, the the tables are just spaced away from each other. And then the waiter or the waitress, they just have a mask on, which whatever, it doesn't bother me. Cause it's like, you know, go to Japan. It's, it's pretty much the same thing. But, yeah, I was going
1: to say, they pretty much, that's their culture, right? Yeah. I mean, whether they're or not.
0: Yeah, just like that, they're, they're really conscious about, you know, their health. And there's not really much person-to-person contact, which is cool, you know. I don't want to have anything else that somebody else has. And I want things to be a lot more sanitary. But as far as, like, saying that the kids can only go to school every other day, or like you're saying with the bus, or the grocery stores with these crazy lines, like, none of it makes sense to how how it spreads and like using common sense you know yesterday yeah. we went to a christian he finally had a soccer game back since shit at least three months and we only play for a half hour and then the the park ranger whoever that is for a, a public park just comes and kicks us out i'm like dude what the fuck bro we're just out here playing soccer and it's not like there was not even that many people it's probably like 20 people all together with the kids and the parents And it just, it doesn't make sense because we can all gather up and go to the grocery store together and nobody could say anything about it.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely weird. Like I, I tried to reflect on it and think about, you know, when I was a kid, like I was really big into sports and stuff growing up. And like, I I had mono in ninth grade Uh and I made the varsity soccer team in in, uh, ninth grade. And, uh, and I had mono and they're like, you can't play. Yeah. And it just, just that, just being sick, like, having that ripped out, I was like, oh, my God, my life's over. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. I can't believe it. But, like, you know, I was actually sick. But now for people that are healthy and fine to be able to be like, yo, you can't play, you can't do this. Like, it's just devastating to kids, man. Yeah. It's uh, it's not easy.
0: It definitely is. And I'm not the kind of person that takes rules lightly, you know. I pretty much live on the edge that uh, everything's legal as long as you don't get caught. So. <laughs> I'm with that yeah <laughs> it kind of bothers me having having to change the way that i live you know and yeah. having to worry about wearing a mask or whatever it's just it's it's frustrating very yeah I'm,
1: I'm kind of like that too man i'm always sort of on the edge with one thing, <laughs> thing or another so pushing the envelope a little yeah. bit,
0: you know and you i feel like to. a lot
1: of people in this industry are kind of like that little rebels you know
0: yeah um, you have so. to man
1: yeah, it's uh, it's definitely strange. You know, you can't go out to eat, you can't go to the store, you can't like. The other day, we needed to go to Costco, and I told my wife, I'm like, well, let's get the kids out of the house, let's just go. Like, they have masks, you know, let's uh, let's go to Costco and and just be out of the house for a little bit. She's like, Oh no, we can't. I said, we mean we can't. We can go to like Walmart or whatever. She's like, yeah, but Costco is limiting one person per family at a time. I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah, you know, but. I could go to walmart like costco is so much cleaner than walmart you know how does that work yeah it's just like things don't make sense man
0: it doesn't dude so um when we first were talking about mvs you said that you moved to north carolina where did you come from was it manhattan
1: yeah well so um i grew up in manhattan um until about 15 uh and then i went away to boarding school for high school um and uh Basically, I was I was really athletic Uh
0: um,
1: and, uh, you know, this kind of comes back to pushing the envelope a little bit. But me and my parents were always kind of arguing about something because I've always known what I wanted to do um, and just kind of wanted to do it Mm -hmm. um, and never really liked people telling me that I couldn't do something. um, And if people told me I couldn't do something, then I would challenge that and be like, well, watch, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, Um, so and that I think that plays a lot into business, too. But we'll get into that. Um, but yes, yeah, so I grew up in, uh, in Manhattan and then I, at 15 went away to boarding school, um, which originally was sort of to find more competition because, you know, I, I was playing in all the soccer leagues in the city. Um, my main two were like soccer and tennis. Okay. Um, and, uh, and I was just running out of competition. Like I was in soccer, like scoring 14 goals a game, stuff like that, oh, like just trashing yeah, Just like, yeah, like trashing people. Um, so uh so they're like, Well, you need more competition and we need you out of the house.
0: <laughs> oh wow. Which is kind
1: of what I went to. So it's like, all right, cool. So went to boarding school. Um the first school I went to hated it, it was terrible. Um, then I went to another one um, you know, for, for the last, I guess, three years of high school. Um awesome, loved it in Connecticut. Um, and then I moved back home um for a couple of weeks before i went away to college mm. um and i went uh to play d1 tennis um in uh in connecticut at college um and then i did that for a little bit ended up dropping out and because uh, I, I mean i just I, I don't know it i was really there to play tennis yeah you know um, so that was like eight hours a day tennis weight room whatever and then they wanted you to go to class but for me i just wanted to play tennis i didn't care about class you know so i kind of was just like well you know if i can't if I can't just focus on tennis, forget it. I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I was dating a girl at the time who lived in Long Island, um, in New York. So I moved out to Long Island, um, stayed there for a while and then, uh, was in the fire department out there and then her and I split. And then I met my current wife there and, uh, we, you know, got married. I was, uh, by the time I was 23, I'll tell you this. By the time I was 23, we had two kids and we're married. Whoa. So everything kind of, yeah, everything went kind of quick. Um, and, uh, you know, we stayed in Long Island for a little while, but it's so crazy, man. It's too much. Crazy busy all the time. Everything is crazy expensive. Um, so we were sort of looking at, at places that, uh, you know, that we'd like to live. And we knew we wanted to be near water somewhere, you know, and um didn't really want to be around the snow all the time like eight months out of the year cold you know mm-hmm. um so we looked here in wilmington north carolina and came down on a visit and loved it and brought our kids down the next time and loved it and we moved down and we've been here ever since so that was i guess the beginning of 2012 wow so dude. just for emperors yeah
0: so you didn't know anybody out there
1: no nah, man what we just picked fuck? up a <laughs> yeah
0: how'd yeah. you pick there
1: um we uh it, it's kind of funny like we were looking at places on a map yeah. you know and uh it's like I don't want to go all the way down to Florida cuz that's way too far from family um like you couldn't do that drive yeah. you know a couple times a year it'd be a nightmare um and I didn't I didn't really want to fly with all the kids cuz it gets expensive so I'm like I don't want to go that far I don't want to go to Georgia cuz it gets really hot in Georgia Virginia's kind of like New York like it's crazy expensive you know what I mean yeah. um so we kind of settled on on um, checking out North Carolina, and uh, we live ten minutes from the beach. So we're right on the coast, um, and it's just beautiful down here, man. It's it's awesome, and very cool. It's uh, way more relaxed and just a different way of life. So we yeah. just fell in love with it, picked up and moved, and we rented a townhouse for six months, and uh, just decided we loved it. So we uh, built a house, and now we live out here, wow. and. Uh, you know, I have no plans of going anywhere else, at least for now. So
0: I love it, bro. That's fucking crazy, yeah. man.
1: Yeah, that's cool.
0: like some but pioneer shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> putting down roots,
1: man. Let's
0: go here. <laughs> yep,
1: yeah, pretty much. We were, I mean, we were open to checking out different spots, um, you know. But once, once we came here, it was just, and I had had friends actually who lived here. Um, that I had met while I was away at school because in boarding school, you have people from all over the place. Like I have friends in California. I have friends from Jamaica, you know, Europe, like a lot of people were there for sports. So they had recruited people from different countries, you know, to come play sports and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, that was really cool. So I had a friend there who was from Wilmington, um, actually a couple of them and they're like, Oh yeah, it's beautiful. You should come visit. And they were always talking about it. Um, so when it came, when it came up and it was time for us to kind of pick a spot, I'm like, yo, yeah, well, I've always heard Wilmington was pretty cool. We should at least go check it out. So, you know, we did. And that was the, the first and last spot we, we checked out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Very cool, dude. That's a crazy yeah. one. So tell me about yeah, Manhattan, dude. What was it like growing up there?
1: Oh, it was cool, man. It, uh, I, I always tell my wife if I had, you know, unlimited money, that's where I'd want to raise my kids. Um, because, um like i grew up in an apartment building
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh it's it's a lot different from a house obviously but uh there were kids everywhere man like every floor you had a, a, an apartment with at least a couple kids mm-hmm. so i grew up you know just going across the hall to my neighbor's house or whatever and uh and we lived across the street from central park so that was my backyard so like for me it was you know, I had the best backyard in the world. You had ice skating, you had baseball, you had tennis, you had swimming, like anything. Um, so I just kind of grew up outside, man. Like, I, you know, growing up was, was pretty cool. You could always find something to do because it's a city that never sleeps, you know. What was um, the streets? Um, so I grew up on 69th Street in Central Park West. So right on the like the long part of, uh, of Central Park. Got you. Uh, so, yeah, so we had a park entrance right there on 69th Street. Um, so I literally just come downstairs, walk across the street and I was in the park. Damn. So yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was awesome. So, uh, you know, I had a bunch of, a bunch of friends, um, you know, from, from different schools, East side, West side. And it, you kind of grow up quick in the city cause you kind of, you know, you either walk or you take public transportation. So for me, like I grew up, you know, walking a lot, but also taking the bus and the subway. So just kind of doing that at a young age, you sort of, you get a a sort of street smart about you, you know, that, uh, you know, a lot of these suburban kind of people don't have. Um, so it's just a different way of life, man. Like I said, from here to there, it's, it's crazy, but, um, you know, I mean, I, uh, there was always something to do. Like I would go in the park, we could skate, you know, like, so they, they have two loops in Central Park, the small loop and the big loop. And the small loop is like a couple miles around the park. And the big loop is like it goes all the way around the park. It's like 20-something miles. Um, so I, I would just go out there and skate or ride my bike all the time, you know. And we would just all meet up, big group of us. And we just, you know, skate and race hell and just fuck around. Yeah. Um. And it, it's just – it's cool, man. It was. Um,
0: Did it get dangerous uh, at
1: times? Uh, yeah, a few times. Um so something, something they say is never to be in the park after dark,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which, uh, you know, like I said before, if, if someone tells me not to do it, especially as a teenager, I was like, yeah, right, we're good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I've, uh, I've been held at gunpoint a couple times, um, which was definitely scary. But uh, yeah, I was, I was riding uh, – I was dating this girl that lived uptown on like 80-something Street. And uh, me and a buddy were riding our BMX bikes to go up there to meet her and a friend. And we were sitting just inside the park and a big group of dudes come up, they roll up. And this dude's like, yo, that's a nice bike. I was like, thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. He's like, yeah, that's my new bike. I say, yeah, right. He's like, nah, dude, give me your bike. I'm like, fuck you. I'm not giving my bike. And my friend's over there. He's like freaking out. He's like, bro, give me the bike. I'm like, no, fuck you. So this dude's like, well, I'll tell you what. I'll give you a chance. I'll fight you for the bike. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to fight you for the bike. And he pulls out a gun. He goes, how about I shoot you for your bike? And he fucking holds a gun in my face. And me being the dumbass that I am, I'm like, well, fuck you. You kill me. I'm going to give my friend my bike. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just talking, sh- which I really should not have done. Oh, Looking shit. back, at me, like, really stupid. You know, I should have just been like, here's my bike, you know? Um, and I don't know if someone's watching over me or what, but at this time, a cop car was just pulling around the corner and his friends saw it. I was like, yo, 5-0, let's go. And they all fucking jet. So I called the cops and I'm like, yo, um, someone was just trying to steal my bike, whatever. And we're on Central Park West, which is like a main street. Within five minutes, all of Central Park was shut down on both ways. They had a city bus that was full of undercover cops. They had taxis where the person was in the back of it but the driver was an undercover cop. So like, dude, it was shit that you, I couldn't make it up if I tried. Like it was crazy. Um, they just had cops everywhere. And apparently these kids were holding people at gunpoint stealing BMX bikes all over the city. <laughs> so it was like, it was like a BMX bike ring, dude. Like they were stealing <laughs> and trying to, trying to sell them, bro. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, no it's crazy. No fucking
0: way. Um,
1: so we ended up riding around in the back of the cop car all night trying to find them and, uh, and, and got held up at the precinct having to stay there talking, you know, and trying to identify people. It was nuts.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what did your parents oh, I, do? Um,
1: so my dad was a lawyer, um, okay. and my mom's an author, and she uh, she writes. So she was a stay-at-home mom, um, but while I was at school, she was a writer. Um, so she'd write during the day. You know, wake up early before I, I woke up, would write. Um. You know, deal with me for a little bit until it was school time and then, um, you know, write all day. What type of uh, uh, books? So she writes historical fiction. Um, so it's, you know, everything is historically accurate, mm-hmm. um, but the characters and the storyline are made up. Um, so she has a couple of uh, really successful, like, best selling books. And uh, it's the, the first book took her, I think, 10, 11, 12 years to write um, mm-hmm. just because of the research. So it's uh, unbelievably insane how much research you know, goes into, into books, man. It's, it's
0: something else. Wow. Have you read it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, the first one's about Buffalo um, mm-hmm. in New York, which is where she grew up. Um, and it's about like the turn of the century and uh, hydroelectric power. So it's all about electricity because uh, Buffalo is one of the first uh, to use hydroelectric power. So if you ever seen uh, the Niagara Falls – they used the water and the water pressure from the falls to create electricity. Got you. Um, so it was called city of light. Cause it was like the first, um, you know, real city with, with mass electricity.
0: Yeah. Wow. Dude. And then your dad was a lawyer.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's, uh, he, he was, um, hell, I think like 50 when I was born. Um, I'm adopted. So they, uh, he was 50. My mom was, you know, I don't know, 40 something um so he had already been a lawyer for for a long time um and then when i was probably 10 or 11 he retired um because he wanted he was working crazy hours as like a trial attorney and stuff like that Um, so he wanted to spend you know more time at home and 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 stuff um but uh yeah so he retired and then was around for you know a while until i went away to school and then he started working again and he uh he just turned 80 and he's still He's still a lawyer working. Uh, he owns his own practice, and he works crazy, man. He's he's the type of dude that – he's a workhorse. He'll never stop.
0: Yeah. And they're still in Manhattan?
1: Um, so he's in Connecticut. Uh, they've split since then. So my mom is downtown in the village uh, in Manhattan and then uh, with her husband, and then he's up in Connecticut with his wife.
0: Got you. Dude, I've always wanted to live in New York, bro.
1: It's so cool. It really is. It's,
0: I mean, it, I guess
1: it would be like living in L.A., You know, to a certain extent. No, because, like, it's just crazy packed, crazy busy. Um, But, like, when we moved out here, it was so different. Because if you wanted to go to the store, you couldn't just, like, at midnight or 12, you know, like, 12 in the afternoon, go to the store. Okay, fine, it's open. Yeah. But you want to go grab a bite to eat at 1 in the morning, no problem. You go ahead. But here, it's like everything's closed. Yeah. So you have to, you know, everybody's sleeping here. Nobody's sleeping in New York City there's always something to do movies or, you know, shows or whatever.
0: Yeah. I've always wondered what a, an atmosphere like that would do for me, you know, do for the hustle because it's like you can get something done any time of the day, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. The, uh, I think if you're from Manhattan, you have a different kind of mindset and a different sort of level of hustle, mm-hmm. you know, than than a lot of different places. Um, People know how to hustle, man, you know, and it's, it's, I don't know if it's because it's so expensive to live there that like, you always have to be on that grind, but you know, when we came down here, people are so friendly. They're walking around, they're like, everybody waves as you drive by, everybody's patient up there. Everybody needs to be somewhere at that second. They can't stop. They can't do anything. It's like a nonstop grind. Yeah. So you could definitely be successful but it also takes a toll on you too cuz yeah. it's like it's never stop ever
0: yeah you know and you're right people aren't the nicest out there
1: no there's a there's something to be said about southern hospitality down here
0: which uh it's not like that up
1: there man yeah
0: <laughs> i love it dude that's why I, I i've always said if there was somewhere that we would move to it would uh, be atlanta i love it out there
1: yeah, it's cool. That's another um, you know big city where you know you can get a lot of stuff done for sure. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But you seem to be doing all right out there, though. So what's it like out in uh, in California in terms of you know all that stuff where you're at?
0: I love it, dude. Uh, I'm I'm trying to never move ever in my life. I love it here, bro. Uh, if I do, it'd probably be within you know a thirty minute radius, if that. But um, probably just closer to L.A. But gotcha. I, I love it, dude. I love the weather here. I love the atmosphere. I love the people, the culture. It's just it. It is who I am, you know. And I, I feel like <clears> if I moved in, yeah, in Oxnard. So Oxnard is on the coast, and um, we're probably from Malibu. I think it's literally the next city is uh is Oxnard, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So, and then you go Malibu, then you go like Santa Monica, and then you're right there in the heart of LA. So, I mean, we're still maybe about 45, 50 minutes from, from LA itself, but, um, it's just, it's just slow enough where you still, you get to like relax and live life how you should. But if you right. need to dude, <clears throat> LA's right there, you know, and I, I yeah. take care of and whatever I need to take care of. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Definitely. But so, you you grew up um you grew up near there? I grew up here in Oxnard. Oh,
1: nice. Yeah, okay. so I grew up in Oxnard, I, you
0: had, right? You moved to like Nevada or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I grew up in Oxnard, and then about 2004 to 2007, I lived in uh, Carson City, Nevada, which is gotcha. uh, right below Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe's in the mountains, but if you go down to the valley, that's Carson City. So I lived out there for about three years and I got my taste of, of the outside of California, you know, just a slower life. And I was like, nah, I can't do this, man. <laughs> so I just lasted for about three or four years and uh, I went through a breakup over there. And that was kind of kind of my sign Where it was like, you know, what, I'm going back to fucking California. Fuck this. I'm and I did go. that. And uh, then I, I started working at Best Buy over there and dude, it was just it was it's the life that I needed to live for sure. Yeah. You know, I've went back to Nevada some, last, yeah. last, last summer. And, um, I, I could never even imagine still being there to this day, you know?
1: Yeah. Sometimes that's what it takes, man. You gotta, you know, I, I think a lot of people in this industry have worked for other people. Um, and I think we're all kind of, of the same breed to some, yeah to some extent, you know? Um, I, uh, I tell my wife now and, uh, And she gets on me sometimes. She's like, Man, you should go get another job and do this on the side and make, you know, more, this and that. She's like, You talk to seventeen year olds all the time. And I said, Yeah, but they're paying our bills, you know? Like times it can get annoying, but I don't have to respond to anybody else. Nobody could tell me what to do. Like I, I just it's that mindset, man. Like I've I've worked the nine to five before and and made shit money, you know, and it's not for me. Yeah. It's uh, and, and we're, uh, we're starting to branch out, you know, into other things. And, but, you know, with business, especially when you start a company, you have to wear many hats, yeah. you know? And, and I think when you work for other people and you realize you can't do it and you, you get to a point where you're making more money, working less hours for yourself, it's time to go and cut the ties. Definitely. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, well, you know, cause you do it too, but, um, you know, I'm a one-man show. I have a couple of uh, of sales reps um, that work for me um, and, and help sell parts. But I mean, everything from advertising, marketing, website development, talking to companies about parts, and and bringing on different brands. Like I do everything. Yeah. So you have to be, you know, kind of kind of well-versed in in different things. It's not just one
0: thing. I love it, man. So let's get back into stage, dude. Uh, 2012, sure. you start with Envious. Uh, then envious starts growing. Then come 2014, you decide to start the brand. Where Where did that motivation come from?
1: Well, um, you know, like like I mentioned, um, I had been uh, working on my RSX since about 2007. So from 2007 to 2014, I was relying on you know ordering parts offline. Um, but that was still the time of, of forums. Mm-hmm. So I was on the forums like every day. I'm like, dude, I got to learn everything I can learn. And so I'm, was like posting on forums, um, selling on forums, just doing all different kinds of stuff. Um, and then, uh, you know, so 2012 came, came the thing, and, um, I, I had first started kind of a little bedroom style company where I was selling led bulbs out of my bedroom. Gotcha. Um, where I had my house, and I was you know, married and everything, but we have a five-bedroom house. And at the time, there were only uh, four of us. Mm-hmm. So we had an extra bedroom. And uh, I had all my light bulbs, LEDs. I'd import mass light bulbs from China and different places. Um, and I would put together different kits for, for different cars. So all interior bulbs, reverse lights, um, LED, HID headlights, um, dash lights, all kinds of stuff. Um so people were were hitting me up for lights and I had this customer base um for my uh my light company. And uh so it's just that hustle man just trying to just trying to sell those. And then I started talking to uh to one of the envious members um and if it wasn't for Envious stage wouldn't be around. So it's you know it's it's all part of Envious but I was talking to a member at the time uh who I was kind of friends with and uh He he was really pushing me to do it. He's like, man, just bite the bullet, man. Just do it. You're great at what you do already. He's like, but imagine you had a couple hundred brands and this and that. Like, you should really, really work on it. Um, And you know, I was kind of scared to go on my own and do it. Uh, So, like I said, I had my business partner, and uh, we started it. And he, uh, the member that pushed me to do it, actually died in a motorcycle accident. Wow, which is crazy. The last conversation that we had was him giving me all this like encouragement to start stage, you know. So I'm like, if it wasn't for that member, man. Who knows? But uh, yeah, yeah it's it's crazy. So every, you know, a, a lot of times I think of him, man, and I'm just like, I'm so lucky to have had Envious, you know, to meet all these members um, and kind of really give me the the encouragement to start. Definitely. Um. But yeah, so we uh we started in in uh in 2012 um and at the time i was really trying to be direct with as many brands as possible because a lot of people in this industry they'll just get like one or two distribution companies um, and they'll just sell through a distribution company which is fine and it works and we do that for certain items mm-hmm. um but i was thinking about it, i'm like okay if i could get 25 percent off with a distribution company or i could get 45 to 50 percent off depending on the company going to that company I would much rather be direct with that company, Yeah, um, which sounds great, but it's not so easy sometimes just to hit up a company and be like, hey, I want to be a direct dealer for you. You know, what do I have to do? Um, a lot of times there's buy-ins. A lot of times they don't want, you know, they're like, well, who are you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we don't want, you know, like we don't know anything about you. Um, so, you know, trying to, trying to grow and, and figure that out up front um, was valuable you know the lesson
0: them. now let me ask you about that um, when a dealer tells you that you know basically who are you why would we give you an account is that hard to understand from a business uh, business owner's side of things um
1: it depends on where you are with the mindset so yes and no like when i first started not having known any about the business aspect i knew i could do the customer service I know I could sell anything because I've been selling shit my entire life. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, like I used to sell shit at school all the time, like try to get kids to buy different shit, candy yeah. bars, whatever. Like, so I knew I could do that and hustle and sell stuff. Um, and uh, and I knew that I could do better customer service than these people that take your money and you don't hear anything from them, and six months later your shit shows up.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I had never done like built a website, or I had never had to interact with these companies like Skunk 2, for example, or Sybin, or even Downstar, like the amount of emails that you guys get a day asking for stuff yeah. is unbelievable. But you don't think about that as a customer. So when I first hit up, um, I think I first hit up Skunk 2. And uh, I was like, hey, you know, um, i really like to be a dealer. What do I have to do? What do you need for me to become a dealer? And they're like, oh, well, this time, we're not really interested. Yeah. I'm like, damn, why would they not be interested? I'm trying to sell their parts, you know? So at at first it's kind of like, it's a hard pill to swallow because you're just trying to make a living, you know, but at the same time, you got to kind of realize where they're coming from. Um, but as you get more involved, you get that thicker skin and rejection is just, it's one of those things in business. Like you just have to, um, you know, get over. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, sometimes whatever, but I've I've always looked at it and like I said before that mindset of when somebody tells you no, I find a way to do it. Yeah. So so a lot of times um like Skunk 2 told me no at the time. And uh, I'm like all right. Well now I have to be better and bigger and do more for them to say yes. So how do I do that? So it was just like increasing the hustle, you yeah. know? And uh at that time um I was a stay-at-home parent uh, and my wife was a nurse. So Anytime I could try to jump on social media or I could try to do this or that to improve my reach or to improve, you know, whatever, how many brands I could have. That's what I was doing to try to be like, not so much I'll show you, but like, hey, last time we talked, you said no because of this, this and this. And since then, I've been working on this, this and this. So what do you think? You know what I mean? So you got to you got to take it in stride and rejection is all part of it.
0: Got you, man. The reason I ask you that is because um, we're pretty much like that. I I never take on dealers, um, and the dealers that we do have, I have actual relationships with them, and that's the reason because I don't want our product to end up at just some random shop. I don't know how they're selling it. I don't know what they're saying about it. I don't know what it's even gonna be next to, you know. And, and it's kind of like the 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 brand is is like my baby, you know. And oh, yeah. I want to make sure that it's being represented in the way that I feel it needs to be represented, not the way that anybody else feels, you know, but I still feel like a Dick saying that sometimes where I just tell people like, sorry, we're not taking any dealers right now. But then when I see somebody that I see that it would work out with, you know, of course we'll set up an account, no problem, but I have to see that they have that hustle and then our, our values align, you know, it's, it's a lot more than just trying to sell parts.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, and 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 an example of that is uh, is with Stage and Downstar. Mm-hmm. So I remember I had hit you up in the beginning, I think of twenty fourteen, and you were one of the the original ones to tell me no, like we're not taking on dealers. And instead of being butt hurt about it, I'm like, all right, I got to do something because. Number one, we live in like a beach town community, so there's rust and you know corrosion and stuff. So people are always putting rusty nuts and bolts on their stuff, but it drives me crazy. Like I'll see cars that'll come out with like an eight thousand dollar paint job, and they'll have rusty bolts. Yeah, I'm like that just drives me nuts. So you know, then uh, I think after Honda Day, you know, uh, and and that's another thing is is if you can somehow interact on a personal level with some of these bigger companies that's more like put a face to the name of the brand mm-hmm. like that's that's more than just an email right so like if skunk 2 is having an event go show up if downstars holding a cruise go show up you know what i mean like have that personal uh, interaction mm-hmm. so after um after we i think we met at a couple hundred days before like here and there um but nothing like like actually meet and and have time to chill yeah uh, so after that Honda day in, uh, I forget what year that was, but uh, the one in, in uh, North Carolina at Z-Max, um, you know, we went out to eat with Jimmy and a bunch of people and we were hanging out at the hotel. Um, you know, a while after that, I hit you up and you're like, yeah, man, let's do it. You know, so now we have Downstar as, as one of our um, companies on our on our line card, you know, which is awesome. Um, Thank you. But it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's all about trying to trying to make that physical kind of personal connection to me um and having that relationship is is more important i think than just trying to like you know sell some stuff quick here and there you know
0: yeah that's exactly how i think about it you know i know there's a lot of people in this industry that are here just to make money off of this industry and All i right. want to be around people who are here for the longevity who are really passionate about this industry and who understand what Downstar brings and not just Oh yeah we had people ask about it so we want to open an account I'm like, okay that's cool but no that's not how this works.
1: Yeah like thanks for the love. thanks for thinking of us you know but yeah and I've had people that uh, that have approached stage um, because we do some wholesale too or we'll have some smaller shops hit us up um, because because of the volume we sell with a lot of companies we have their kind of max tier discount yeah um, So a lot of companies that are just getting started or smaller, Will hit us up and they'll say, "Hey, you know, we want to bring Stage and all your products. Um, You know, can can we do that?" And uh, a lot of the time, ninety five percent of the time, I'll be like, "No, you know, we're not really interested." Um, And like you said, I mean, Stage. I've had days where I've been up multiple days at a time working on something. Um, I've been working on you know all kinds of quality control with things there are certain brands that i won't touch i could i could have a 50 percent markup which is good and i won't touch them because of the the people behind the company and the quality of the product so if i'm not gonna put it on my car i'm not gonna let you put it on yours and i could make a great amount of money but i'm not going to yeah you know so so for me that kind of that's the kind of i want to be around people with that kind of honesty and integrity You know, Um, so, you know, like I said, I I work with a lot of companies now direct, um, which is awesome because I can have that personal relationship with them. Um, I can tell them, hey, we're going to be at this show. Uh, Do you have any products we could display for you? And they'll just send them like I won't even pay for them. They'll just send them so we could do that, Um, which I mean, that's like a mutual trust right there. Yeah. You know, Um, and then uh, and then there's some smaller companies. Uh, We work, for example, with Vision Auto Works. Mm -hmm it's a it's a one man shop his name's Cullen and he builds retrofit kits he does like Brembo retrofit kits so you could retrofit a, a big brake kit to your car um, he does headlight retrofits uh, a bunch of stuff and uh he's a one man show and he's the same kind of dude super honest and and I met him on the forums years ago on Club yeah. RSX and we've always just been friends that like, he's built his car I built mine and um, his, uh, his Instagram got deleted because Brembo filed like a lawsuit or something saying that he was using their images mm-hmm. when really he was buying their cores, breaking everything down, modifying them, powder coating them to the customer's choice of color, and then posting a picture of the end product. Yeah. So they got his Instagram down. So he just restarted and he's like, Hey man, you think you could help me out with this and that? Absolutely. Don't even think twice. I got you. Wow. You know what I mean? But it's that personal kind of connection you know, of, of the same sort of hustle, like the same sort of mindset where, uh, you know, I think it's really important to be able to know that you could depend on somebody.
0: Yeah, that's um, huge, man. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, some of the brands that you guys carry, can you let us know who are, uh, who are some of the ones that you offer?
1: Yeah, so we've um, recently become really big in the air ride uh, sort of scene. Gotcha. Which was totally unintentional. Um, it was nothing even on my radar um a couple years back. You know, I I think West Coast and East Coast is very different in that. Um, where West Coast is more about fitment and East Coast is more about how much power can I make even if my car looks shitty sometimes. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it uh it uh it, it's it's very different. So I've always had the okay, I'm gonna do turbo kits, I'm gonna do maybe coilovers, you know, some body stuff. Um, but really what can we do to make cars fast? And it's all been been about kind of building motors and you know transmissions or whatever. But recently, um, in the past couple of years, we've been kind of the go-to for a lot of people for uh, like air and, uh, and and air ride suspension. So now we're a direct dealer um, and authorized installer for D2 Racing, True Heart, um, Airlift, and uh, and a couple others. But really, D2 Racing and, and Airlift are our main two for air ride that we uh, that we uh, sell and install. Gotcha. And then uh, uh, but, I mean, we do, you know, Sybin Carbon, Downstar, Skunk 2, AEM. I mean, we have, I think, probably 300-plus brands. Yeah. Um, probably 60 of those, maybe a little bit more, are actually direct. Um, you know, so we, we try to have access to, you know, anything. Um, but there's it's very rare that a customer will come up to me and say, hey, I'm looking for this. Can you get it? And I'll have to say no. Um, so... Yeah, for the for the most part we can get just about anything, but um, you know, with those brands that we do have, you know, a direct relationship with um, you know, we we really try to align ourselves with those type of people with the same kind of mindset, the people that will back their warranties like Airlift is phenomenal because they have that lifetime warranty. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had an issue where we installed um, a kit and there was a problem with the ECU, the manifold. And uh, they handle all their customer service. They want to be direct with the customer, even if it's bought somewhere else. So, a customer came to me and said, "Hey, I'm having this issue." I said, "Okay." They want to talk to you direct. He called them. They said, "No problem. New manifold on the way. Just box that one up and send it back. Mm-hmm. Send out a brand new manifold free of cost." You know, so they really stand behind their stuff. So we uh, cool. you know, we try to be try to be aligned with with those type of people for sure.
0: I love it. So tell me about the name. Where's the name come from?
1: Um. So the name. Like I said, it's kind of from, um, you know, the power aspect. Um, we uh, on the East Coast, you know, I grew up like street racing and stuff like that, uh, especially when I moved to Long Island because, you know, Long Island's kind of big in the street racing where, you know, you go meet at Best Buy or you go meet at Target or Sears at uh, Thursday night and you'll just race Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday even, um, or like on the highway.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so... With the turbo kits, a lot of the guys are always like, oh, i got a stage two kit. Oh, i got a stage three. You know, they're always talking about different stages. And I always thought that was funny because it's like you could say, oh, I have a stage two kit. Nobody knows what that means. You know what I mean? Like what exactly?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Your stage two kit. Like you have a bigger turbo manifold. You have a bigger like what injectors. Is it an ECU? Is it a turbo? So for me, it was just like, listen, we're stage, man. We hold everything. We have the upgrades. We have like whatever you want. It's just stage, man. Um, so it, it kind of just like a little play on, you know, on yeah. those dudes. We're
0: always always talking about their different stages. Dope, man. I like it. So, uh, so tell me about Lucas, bro. He's uh, he's entrepreneur as well. Yeah,
1: man. He's uh, he's got that hustle for sure. Um, he uh, he's he's really getting into skating. And he watches Downstar skate all the time. Man. So like, I showed him, uh, I showed him uh, C two a yeah. while back when he was first learning how to skate, when he couldn't ollie. Yeah. And I him, I'm like, Yo, this is my buddy Frank. Check out his son, man. He's learning how to skate. And he's like, Oh, cool. And I think he was like ten at the time. It was probably last year or the year before. Yeah. Um. And uh, so he just turned eleven. And so he was getting really into skating. And he saw your skate decks. I'm like, Dude, I'm gonna order him a skate yeah. deck. So he's got a Downstar skate deck, one of the original ones, and he's been learning to ollie and skate and all that. Um, but you know, I told him, I'm like, "Listen, Frank and his son are doing this kind of thing, and it's cool like they're going in and giving back to the community." I'm like, "You know, do you ever have any interest in like what do you want to do when you grow up? Like what's your interest?" And uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the things were getting kind of weird with COVID and other things, so sort of hanging out at the house a lot and he was watching youtube and he was seeing all these people on youtube with like lifestyle brands and merch companies and you know influencers and yeah. a way. and uh and he's been asking me for a dirt bike forever for like since he was i think four he's been like can i get a dirt bike can i get a dirt bike and his mom's a nurse and she's like crazy about everything yeah. you know she's like "No, no no so for his 11th birthday um i went out and i bought him a little pit bike a xr70 a little honda and uh i it was the night before his birthday and i i called my wife i said hey can you have lucas come outside and she's like yeah yeah come outside And he saw me coming around the corner with a dirt bike in the truck and this dude lit up man he was so excited we got him a dirt bike and everything and uh so it kind of started with that um got him a dirt bike then i got one um then i got my wife one and then uh my other two now want one. So I, I got my other, my little one on one and now I'm looking for one for my middle one. Um, but he approached me and he's like, Hey, you know, this is really cool. I really want to do this. But he's like, what if we start like a, like a merch brand? I'm like, all right, well, you know, what are your ideas? What do you think? And he came to me and he's like, man, I think I want to call it pit bike nation.
0: Wow, Cause
1: pit, pit bikes are the style bikes. Cause they're, they have, um, you know, like a foot pedal to, to change gears, but there's no clutch. Gotcha. Um, so there, these are, uh, CC and lower. Okay. Um, so he, uh, he's like, Hey, I'm going to call it pit bike nation. Can you help me with the design, like a logo and some stickers and some shirts? And I'm like, yeah, man, whatever. So actually my, uh, business, I was telling you before, my led light, uh, company from back in the day. Um, I had a Facebook page with 2,500 people following that page, and I haven't touched it in years. Yeah. So I'm like, hey man, why don't we convert this page to a Pit by yeah. Nation? So we'll still have those followers, you know, and we'll just uh, invite new people or whatever and blow it up. And uh, we've joined some groups on Facebook, and and I have a, a vinyl plotter here. Actually, he uh, we kind of came up with this logo here. I don't know if you can see it because it's in oh, white.
0: Oh, cool. But
1: but it's got the sprocket and everything. Yeah. And then, uh, and then he came up with this kind of, nice. um, <laughs> there. so he's come up with the logo and it says, let's rip at the top pit bike nation. And then it's got our city at the bottom. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, you know, we, uh, kind of been making some stickers and, and my next door neighbor, um, runs an apparel company and they have one of those, uh, t-shirt printers where you can basically put your shirt in a printer and it'll print the design on
0: it. Gotcha. Um,
1: uh, so he's been making some shirts, and and we ride our pit bikes all over the neighborhood, and everybody loves them. And they're like, "Oh, it's so funny when you guys come by. Let us know when your shirts come out." So we're already, you know, we have orders for shirts. And wow. It's yeah, we got we have some people in Australia actually. That apparently it's like really big in Australia pit bikes. Um, so they've hit us up, and they're like, "Hey, let us know when we can support and get some stuff." And so it's cool, man. It's it's cool for him to learn kind of hard work and, and interacting with people and and the kind of grind and hustle you know
0: yeah dude that's awesome man that he's showing interest at such a young age
1: yeah it's fun it's fun but i you know kids these days man it's 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 a hard world and it's crazy and i feel like so many people are going to college and they're they're getting themselves into a ton of debt yeah. and then they're trying to work the nine to five to get out of the debt and you know school's important don't get me wrong but I feel like it's almost like you're set up to fail, you know, and, um, you know, I dropped out of college. I've since gone back to college, but I, I haven't finished. I'm like a couple credits away from a two year degree and I've just never finished. But at the moment, I don't really feel the need to. Yeah. You know, because I'm doing everything that we're doing. I'm making a living. My wife's making a living. We've kind of started getting into real estate investing. Mm. Um, So we're doing that, which has been really profitable. And, uh, you know, so I kind of want them to learn. First, that you have to hustle, you have to grind, you have to figure out what that niche is somewhere that you could fulfill. Like you with the bolts, you know what I mean? There was a big gap in the marketplace that you could fill. Yeah. And you did. So it's like, that's, I'm trying to teach them, like, the hustle is the most important thing first, you know? And then figuring out where to apply that hustle is also very important. Um, you know, but yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we just all want our kids to be happy and successful, you know? So yeah. whatever, whatever decides to do, I'm behind it as long as, uh, you know, he starts somewhere and he gets some experience.
0: Yeah. Dude, I love it, bro. So what do we have to expect from stage for, uh, the rest of 2020?
1: Um, we are going to be at some shows, which is going to be awesome. Uh, cause like I said, we've been, uh, we've missed out on a bunch of, uh, bunch of events and stuff with, with our car not being around. Um, but really, I mean, we're, we're just trying to grow um and and expand our reach um we're uh we're gonna be in some shows we have some new products dropping um don't have the drop dates yet because everything's kind of been backed up with uh you know people not being able to work at full capacity um but definitely we're we're trying to expand our our apparel um we have hats and shirts and stuff like that but we need to come out with some new fresh designs t-shirts hoodies whatever um so, yeah, I mean, pretty much doing that, just trying to grow and, and meet people we haven't met yet and kind of hang out with people that we haven't seen in a while. And, you know, just just trying to stay positive and, and help as many people as we can, because um, that's, you know, that's really why I do what I do is just to make cool, you know, new meet new, cool people, um, interact with people, yeah. um, you know, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's a hobby that I turned into a job. So I love my job. I love working. Um, and I love meeting people that I haven't met that share that passion. Yeah, really.
0: I love it, bro. You know, um, just the way that you break down the story, how you started off, you just took the chance to, to do it. And now you have a successful business and you don't have to work for anybody ever. And it hasn't even been 10 years. Okay everybody, we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be back in one minute. Kilto Automotive has been a supporter of Downtime with Downstar for quite some time now. And we know that they're in your corner, that they got your back, whether you're under a car or you just need some help. No matter your race, creed, engine platform preference, that motto stands true. Accord, Civic, S2000, any Honda, any customer, anywhere in the world, with equal respectful treatment for all. We at Downtime with Downstar share these values, and as a special gift to downtime listeners, they are giving you guys a special deal. Using the Let's Deal function at the top of Heeltoeauto.com, you'll find an option to request a special quote. Submit a special quote using the key phrase, I'm down with Downstar. Once again, the key phrase is, I'm down with Downstar for a special deal on whatever you're shopping for. And of course, if you need any help, Marcus from Heeltoe is available by call, text, email to help out. Heeltoe wishes you guys a happy, healthy, and safe 2020. So I know a lot of you guys are questioning, what is this whole cult thing that's going on? Well, we're at Downstar, are starting our own cult. What is it? Are you gonna have to drink punch? Are we gonna sleep with your wives? No, none of that yet. But what it is, is a direct number to us, meaning me, frank downstar i'm the one that's answering the text so please right now text us 818-403-3473 you're just gonna have to follow a couple simple steps get added to your contacts and uh texas you know let us know what you're thinking of the episode so far if you guys have any questions anything like that anything even want to talk about life man just shoot us a text we're here to help you guys out and we're here to have some fun man and uh that's what the cult's about so come join the cult 818-403-3473 no charges we're not going to be selling your info no bullshit like that guys just straight up fun so make sure you guys shoot us a text right now 818-403-3473 and uh, enjoy the rest of the episode. Have a good day. You know. I know. Yeah. It. Uh,
1: I, I think. I think for for people that are trying to do something like this, um, it takes a lot of work, but it's very rewarding. And and sometimes things line up, and you just have to make the jump. Yeah. You know. Um, for example, like I have a buddy who's a very good tenor. That's what he does. He tints, and he has worked for dealerships and other brands and you know he uh he's always been asking me he's been nervous about doing his own thing and I told him I'm like man you're tal- talented you've been doing it on the side like he'll work 70, 80 hours a week at a dealership and then turn hours at his house on the weekend for his own customers. And I'm like man, you're you're there so much at the dealership making less money. I'm like you already got the customers. Let's just try to expand your reach. And he's always been really hesitant he left his job at the dealership, moved to uh, like a privately owned company, um, was there for a couple months. And then they basically went under and they fired him. And he's freaking out. I said, dude, this is the best thing that can happen to you. Because if they didn't fire you, you would have never left. Yep. But now that you are scrambling, you are going to find a way to do it. He called me the other day. He's like, dude, I've never made so much money. I've never been so happy in my entire life. I'm like, bro, thank you. Like, I'm so happy that this happened for you. And he's starting his own thing and, and he's making it, man. And and yeah. I think, you know, a lot of times we're scared to leave what society has sort of programmed us to be. Um, and, and, and a lot of times, um, you know, your parents put this in you, okay, you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, like something, that's how you're going to be successful. You're going to make money being a doctor or a lawyer, but, you're going to have a ton of debt to do that. You're going to have crazy hours. You're not going to get to see your family and that's sort of pre-programmed in your brain like I have to go to college, I have to do this. But there are so many things that you can do thinking outside the box where you can work less hours, you can meet awesome people, you could travel whenever you want to and you're still going to make a good living. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it's just getting that push in in, in the right direction, you know, yeah. to uh, to kind of something and something happens.
0: Dude, I couldn't have said it any better than that, man. Um I I really wish a lot more people would take that jump so they could understand how rewarding and fulfilling it really is and how how much I don't want to say easier it is, but it is a lot easier than having to wake up at some time that you don't want to wake up to go work a job you don't want to work for some boss that you don't like. Like that's yeah. way harder to me than running downstairs. <laughs> downstairs is nothing. I-
1: I was working when I first moved to Long Island. I was working at Panera. Yeah. And uh, and I was uh, I was a cashier and I worked on the line like making food and stuff. And uh, dude, I would wake up and at Panera you can't sit down. Yeah. So I would work like eight nine hour shifts and I'd be standing the whole time. And at the time they wouldn't let you accept tips or anything like that. So people would try to slip me a ten or twenty dollar bill and I'd be like, no, I can't accept that, which is like crazy. Like you'd have to turn it down. And Man, I remember how miserable I was. Like on days that I didn't work, I was just like, I just want to sleep. Like I'm tired. I don't want to wake up. I don't want to do anything. Like I have no enjoyment in doing anything right now. I'm just so damn tired. Mm-hmm. And it's it's all working for somebody else, doing that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I kind of realized that I shouldn't be working harder on somebody else's dream than I would work on my own. Yep. And, uh, and in turn, I also learned that nobody will work harder for you at your dream than yourself. So... You know, it, it goes hand in hand and, and like you said, I think it's definitely definitely easier to get out of bed to do something that you know is directly gonna benefit you, you enjoy doing, you have a passion, it's your hobby. Um, you know, I mean they, they say that, right? Like what's the saying? If if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Yep. and it's true. And uh and I think that sometimes, like I say, you just need that initial sort of push or nudge in the right direction. Um, and a lot of people are scared to kind of make that leap because of that pre-programmed mentality of you got to go to college, you got to do this, you got to do that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you, uh, so when you started Downstar, um, I know you were selling bolts out of your bedroom, right? Kind of like I with the LEDs and then you were on the forums a lot and you, you figured out based on the forums that you had that customer base. Yeah. Um, but so what for you, um, when you first started that whole thing, like I I've heard your story before because I've listened to the podcast and, and the different videos. Um, I forget what event it was, I think it was IBOC or something, but you said that you had set up like a little table yeah. and had your stuff on the table. Um, what kind of for you, like were you scared about trying to do something on your own? Or like were you trying to figure out like how to get your product manufactured? Like what were your obstacles? I'm curious because a lot of people tell me all the time. Like, it's almost like people make excuses as to why they can't follow their dream. Yeah. Um, And I know for us, there were a lot of initial obstacles. But I'm curious as, as, you know, to you, what what your original kind of thoughts or or fears or expectations or obstacles you faced um, when trying to start your own thing. Mm -hmm. And then also when you transferred from your house into your shop now. um, Got you. You know, how,
0: how... yeah, I, I, I totally relate to you about people when they want to start something. Um, they just throw as many roadblocks in front of them as possible just so they can talk themselves out of it and it won't be their fault. You know, I spoke to somebody not long ago and they're like, yeah, I want to start this, but I need to talk to a lawyer. And I'm like, bro, you're already talking about getting your, your pies into Marie Calendars, and you've never even baked before. Like... No, you gotta sell that yeah. shit out the trunk, bro. You got you gotta start yeah. from somewhere before you start worrying about any any other bullshit, dude. And that's just the way that I always thought about it. You know, I was I would just always sell things, uh, just like yourself. You know, in, in high school, I used to sell CDs. I would sell you know Hot Wheels, Beanie Babies, everything, dude. Anything that had some value to it, I would sell it. So. When uh, I was on the forums and I was doing, uh, you know, just had this new hobby, I seen that there was uh, a need for the hardware. So once I found the hardware, I started posting it up. People are asking about it. And then I just, it just clicked to me. It was just, it was just easy. You know, it's like if you're selling candy. Okay, cool. I have these Snickers. Oh, but do you have Twix? Yeah, yeah, I can get Twix too. Okay, can you get chips too? Yeah, I can get chips. And sooner or later, you're your own liquor store. So, I was just listening to the people. Yeah. I was just listening to the people and hearing what they wanted and the requests that they had, and then just started building on that. And then it was about 2000. So, I started in 2009. And by 2012, I was just like, dude, it's so stupid to even be working at Best Buy anymore because I'm working here way more than I'm working at Downstar, but I'm making way more at Downstar than I'm making here. You know, so it was just one of those things like, it was just logical to me everything was just logic okay this makes logical sense to stop working at best buy because i'm already making money doing my own thing and the way that i think about a job is the reason you need a job is to have money to be able to live the more money you have the more the more freedoms you could have down the road uh you know being in business the more money you have usually means the more responsibilities you have you know so it doesn't doesn't mean that the, the road is a lot more easier, but it's a lot easier than working for someone, you know? So it was just, I just kept building, just kept listening to the streets. People, oh, I would like this, but I would like it in color. So I'm like, okay, cool, cool. You know, now let's move on to making our own beauty washers. And when we did that, that kind of just skyrocketed the brand. And then we just, more, more money means more that I could put into the bu- business, means more opportunity and just, keep snowballing and snowballing. And then that turned into us opening up our own shop because I wanted to have a separation from business to home because I was doing it out of, out of a a spare room that we had at the house. So I would be working and then Ash would get home and she's been out all day. So she just wants to stay home. I want to leave because I've been here all day. And it was just, it was just the perfect transition to make to, to go over to a shop and um that's the kind of the way that i look at things now is that you just see what's needed listen to the streets and if you can provide do that and that's what we've been doing and and it's been working you know for the last 10 years and it seems like it just keeps getting better and better because you know 10 years into it 2020 april was our our top uh month in the last 10 years and then i was like wow that's crazy to be able to do this 10 years in and then may comes and beats april so it's like damn this is nuts yeah. we we're, we're, we must be doing something right you know so that's that's what i'm always doing man we're we're just fluid always understanding that things can change uh which way is the market going what do people like You know, it's just, it's just forever evolving. And that's, I feel that that's one of our strengths, you know, never getting stuck in one spot and never relying on a certain amount of things. Like if we stopped doing downstar today, I mean, I would have something else after this, you know, we'll go full force in the podcast. So it's, it's nothing, you know, and that's the way that I like to look at business. I don't like to look at business as far as, you know, or even having a job, having a job and having a career as, it All of this has to do with just being able to make money. And with that money, you're able to live the life that you want to live. And then you get to do the freedoms that you want. Spend time with your family, go on vacation, you know, buy whatever shit that you don't need, you know, and and just live the life yeah. that you want, not the life that society thinks that you should live.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I, uh, I listen to a bunch of podcasts. Um, because I think it's, it's really important to hear other people's, uh, other proven people's perspectives on things. Um, and, uh, you know, Joe Rogan's a, a great podcast. I love that Hell podcast. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Jordan Belfort does one. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's the dude from uh, Wolf of Wall Street.
0: Got you, got you. I don't know
1: if the movie. Um, but, uh, but he's, he's the real life dude. And, and he's one of those, um, hustlers where he, uh. Kind of was lower middle class family growing up in Long Island. Started, um, you know, his his company on Wall Street made shit tons of money, screwed a lot of people over, got caught, went to jail. You know, paid all that reciprocity to people. Um, but he's one that will always land on his feet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it doesn't matter what it is, but he's always going to figure it out. Um, so you know, I listen to his podcast a lot because he has a lot of like real estate people on there. He's got a lot of business people. Um, and just trying to educate yourself and listen to different perspectives, I think helps for sure. Yeah. Um, so I always like to hear other people's stories, you know, like your story and other people's stories about, you know, what, what kind of things can you take from their experience, you know, and, and kind of, kind of learn from and, and, you know, help yourself, yourself grow. But I think it's, it's all about that growth, you know, to a certain extent too. Cause like some people try to grow so fast Yeah. and then it's just like too fast that they can't, they can't keep their feet under them. They're trying, they're trying to do too many things at one time so they never get good at one thing, yeah. you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean it's – I don't know. There's a lot There's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot behind the scenes that people don't see, you know, yeah. when, when running your own business. And, you know, like you said, I, I agree. I think it's definitely way more easier to do, you know, this than working for somebody else. But it comes with its own challenges, yeah. you know, and it comes with it. Own, its own issues that that we have to navigate and figure out um but you know i mean at least with stage you know my my main mission is is to try to help out as many people as i can you know not with like discounts or whatever but just to make sure that if they come to me for parts it's the best experience that they've had and w- and will have customer service wise like i'll take the time to email you i'll take the time to give you updates i'll, ex- I'll explain whatever question you have i'll explain that product in a way that you can understand it you know what I mean? To where people have told me, like, man, whatever it costs, you let me know, and I send you the money right now. Yeah. Because they know that if I have that product, I can personally vouch for it. Like, I won't. Like I said, I won't put my brand's name behind another brand if I don't believe in the the product. You know. Um. So, you know, a lot of people would just tell me, like, man, if you think I need it, you let me know. I'll get it. You know. And to have that trust in an industry where there's a lot of people that are just trying to make a quick dollar yeah you know i think is 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 cool and and is important you know um but uh
0: yeah you you got it man you got it and you're doing it and it's proven already dude and i love to see your success and i and i I can't wait to see what you have coming in the near future you know i'm excited for you bro
1: yeah i appreciate it we uh i think we're gonna try to make it out to california for uh the mvs east coast annual i mean west coast annual yeah um which uh, September I think, um, or October I don't know. September, October. Got gotcha. you. Um, but uh, but Ranger from uh, Elite Tuner is going to be out there uh, doing everything with Jimmy. Got gotcha. you. And uh, it'll be a really big, awesome show. So I'm Very hoping good. that we can make for that. Um, you know, and, and try to bring a booth out or something.
0: Hell but, yeah, yeah, man! Just
1: meet, just try to meet people. You know. Well, it's I look about... forward
0: to uh, to seeing you at the meet, man. We'll definitely be there and uh tristan bro i appreciate everything do i appreciate your support for Downstar, and i appreciate you being on today man and uh i wish you nothing but success
1: i appreciate it man yeah for sure it's it's uh it's cool to get to be on here i, I like i like i told you before i've i've started listening um since the beginning yeah. and, I've, and i've listened to almost all of them so it's it's cool to get to, to get to hear other people in the industry you know get to uh kind of share their experiences. So, you know, when when you hit me up and and ask if I want to be on, man, it's it's definitely something.
0: Yeah. You know, that
1: that was cool. And so I appreciate it. Um and uh yeah, if uh, if anybody needs parts or anything, um hit us up. I'd be more than happy to help out with whatever we can. Um either Facebook or Instagram is a great way or uh check out our website, although we're constantly adding to that cuz I I, uh, I've been building that website from scratch. So I have to do part by part, picture gotcha. by picture, description gotcha. by description. But uh, but yeah, we're here to help. All
0: right. So is that at Stage Motorsports, one word?
1: Yeah. So uh, Instagram is at Stage Motorsports. Um, Facebook is facebook.com uh, slash stage motorsports. And then our website is uh, www.stage-motorsports.com. Gotcha. Um, either of those work or you can send us an email or whatever to info at stage motorsports stage dash motorsports. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, uh, we, we try to take the time to, uh, to see all comments and everything. So if you message us, we answer our DMS ourselves. Um, you know, if you post something in the comments, um, you know, I try to try to write back to every individual person. So make sure you hit us up.
0: I love it, man. Um, guys, make sure you check out, uh, Tristan stage motorsports. Great people for the community um big shout out to envious shout out to jimmy um huge yeah. family man i'd love to see that and uh yeah. hopefully we get yeah. to see you Any- at, at the annual meet
1: yeah if if uh if anybody's interested in envious um get in touch with us you could if you just type in team envious um in the facebook search you'll see our page or uh you can check us out on instagram um send us a message if you're you know interested in joining our family we're always looking for for cool people, cool cars. doesn't matter where in the world you are. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We're always growing, um, and it's it's the best family to be a part of. So check that out, too. I love it, man.
0: Shout-out to you, bro. Shout-out to uh, Envious, And a uh, huge shout-out to our sponsor, Toe Automotive. Been around since 2002, supplying you guys with the Honda parts that you need. Make sure you guys check them out at HeeltoeAuto.com or on Instagram at Hilton Automotive, And um, shoot us a text, man. 818 403 3473. If you want to join the the first ever cult in the automotive industry, let us know. Uh, You're not going to have to drink the punch um, for a few years (laughs) from now. I still got to do some work. And um, yeah, man, really exciting things we got going on. Make sure you check out Stage. And uh, thank you guys for listening, man. This is Downtime with Downstar, episode 177. And we're out. Peace.